0: Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Friday, June 11th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include some fun Friday non-mortgage tidbits, part two of my interview with Phil Rosori, and reaction to yesterday's hot inflation report. Let's go. It's Friday. Time for some non-mortgage stuff. Everyone knows that if you lose one sense, your other senses become enhanced which is why people with no sense of humor have a heightened sense of self-importance. Jeff Bezos, uh, was your divorce so bad you're going to leave Earth? (laughs) That's something. Every state. Watch, whenever I use the term every, folks find exceptions, which is fine. It's how I learn. Every state has a state mineral, or mammal, or a motto. What about a state gun? A state firearm has only been designated by eight of the 50 states in the U.S., Alaska, Arizona, Utah, Indiana, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Tennessee. Separately, some years ago, the U.S. had 78,000 fewer truck drivers than it needed. Now that shortfall is 280,000. As a result, truckers are getting perks they weren't just a few years ago. Lastly, do you like lobster? Due to limited supply and high demand, lobster's back to being expensive. The wholesale price of live lobsters in New England was $9.01 per pound on May 1st of this year, which was up $2.70 per pound compared to May 1st, 2020. Talk about inflation. For the links to those stories, as well as the latest on employment and lender products and services, visit RobCrisman.com. This week's podcast is sponsored by MCT's BAM Marketplace. With its recent introduction of BAM Marketplace, the world's first truly open loan exchange, MCT has moved towards the ultimate secondary marketing goal, a loan exchange where every loan can be priced by every investor, regardless of approval status. Speaking of which, for today's interview, I wanted to bring on Phil Rizzori, MCT's Chief Operating Officer. Mr. Rosori is a recognized thought leader in capital markets operations within the mortgage banking community. His areas of expertise include complex financial modeling, computational dynamics, and linear programming for operational optimization. He has functionally led MCT operations since 2005 and ascended to his current role as COO in 2007. If he refers to something you need elaboration on, I suggest you go back and listen to our interview from yesterday. So during your Housing Wire webinar last week in uh, the webinar from June 9th, you, you threw out some of these terms that I'd like you to elaborate on, one of them being spec completion and the other one being security spread commitment could you go into both of those and, and how that really helps parties on the platform
1: yeah absolutely so um, so, so just going let's start with security spread commitment so it, it, you know going back to what occurred starting in April of last year so we we were scrambling like I'd said to you know uh, marry up buyers and sellers uh, in our client base who were not uh, let's "Quote unquote," papered up, who were not approved. So the seller was not approved with the buyer. This has been the the, the issue, right? That that has uh, kind of constrained the buyer universe uh, for a given seller. Is that you had to be, you know, approved uh, prior to being able to to an an execution. From a technology and programmatic standpoint, we had been able, to, we had had this functionality for the last couple of years. In the hybrid AOT uh, automation uh, that we had worked with, with you know starting with Wells Fargo and then other investors like Penny Mac and Home, where we were um, taking security pricing and automatically adjusting the net execution of the loan for whatever the security price was in or, in or out of the money of the trade that was being assigned. And so, what we looked at is. We, we we realized that we could very quickly because we had to do this quickly again. This is this is April and things are still kind of falling apart. Uh, we had to uh, basically get what we called a and what is now patent pending a security spread commitment in place, where we can basically allow the buyer and the seller to be held in their relative positions without actually executing a price commitment. Basically, just taking a given market level and then a spread to that market level. And then basically holding that as what we call a spread commitment uh, over a period of what right now is averaging 72 to 96 hours of where the seller, the prospective seller who has this security spread commitment with this prospective buyer, they will communicate between this prospective buyer and prospective seller it will communicate, you know, documents like the MLPA and, um, a, you know, a, a, an actual seller approval will be affected in those 90, you know, 72 to 96 hours. And then once that approval takes place, the the buyer will actually request to the seller, basically request a conversion from a spread commitment to a price commitment. I know I went through a lot there, and uh, but basically, that's the whole the whole essence of security spread commitment is basically allowing allowing the 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 execution to be locked in without the seller relieving the hedge, without the the seller paring out the hedge, and without the buyer putting on the hedge. Because when you have to do that, that's when risk comes in. That okay, if the sellers remove their hedge. And the seller doesn't get approved. Now bad things can happen if if the market has moved. But with the security spread commitment, seller does not have to pair out their hedge. The buyer does not have to um, initiate their hedge. And so everyone is um, you know there's really no harm no foul if God forbid this uh, you know this approval does not actually take place. Um, and so that's. That's that that that's really the game changer with uh, w- with respect to uh, security spread commitment. With the security completion, um, that and I'm glad you brought that up. That that is you know another kind of uh, kind of market disruption um, that's again pushed by FHFA and Treasury, um, with regards to the cash window um, caps. So you know a billion and a half cap as it is now there will be, there's a lot of tier, you know, kind of tier two investors who are going to be well over the billion and a half cap at the cash window for both Fannie and Freddie. And so they'll be required to uh, execute on a, you know, you know, on an MBS basis, which, you know, that, that may not be a problem for the straight TBA production. But the issue is, is that to the agency's credit, and we've we, we've talked about this in webinars, but but to the agency's credit, they are passing through very aggressive payups on those spec payups, so those, those low loan balances, and of course, the most popular one, you know, that that gets the biggest price increase, and that's the hardest to get because there's not very many of them, is the sub eighty five thousand dollar payup. And so if you take that, for instance, when we talk about security completion, let's say there is a, uh, a, a you know, some lender out there who's going to be above the cap. And let's say that their broker dealers are telling them that there's a 20 loan minimum uh, from a unit standpoint that they need to have this, uh, this specified security uh, get competitive pricing when they go out and do the specified pool. Um, if they're at, you know, 18 out of the 20 loans, you can see that just the mathematics are such that literally they can pay up, you know, in effect, 10 times what they normally would for those two loans, right, to get that to basically achieve that 20 loan securitization. it's a, it's a little bit of the same optimization problem that occurs uh, when we talk about, uh, high balance optimization, but but this is this is something that did not used to exist um, because the bottom line is it was only the very very large aggregators and very very large lenders that were forced into um, securitization. Now you've got a whole kind of mid sized lender, mid to large size lender who may be you know far too big for those billion and a half caps. But simply is not large enough to scale those securitizations, especially some of those some of those ones that are hard to achieve, like the low low balances. Yeah,
0: and I saw a great stat uh, that said clients have experienced an average pickup of forty two basis points on loans under two hundred thousand by using the loan exchange. I mean, it, it all sounds very great. You know, "Quote: the World's first truly open loan exchange." End quote. Has there been Reluctance among adopters? Have there been sticking points? Are there, are there still worries out there? Are there things you're improving? What is there any downside? You know, it sounds too good to be true, almost.
1: Yeah, it's a great. You know, it's a great question. I mean, I think that look, the we've um, in in our Best X uh, analysis tab in MCT Live, uh, you will see these uh, these loans that win in BAM Marketplace highlighted, and they're highlighted in yellow, alerting you. That this is not an approved counterparty, right? So there, there's still a little bit of a leap of faith here, um, because this is this is so new. People haven't done it before. Um, there is this idea that it is, you know, it truly is a live shadow. So no, it, um, you know, to be clear, if if a bam marketplace execution for a buyer that you're not approved with is two basis points ahead of your tier one aggregator that you've been selling to for 10 years that there's, there's no way you're going to, you're going to take that two basis point incremental improvement for the, for the process change. So, so there's still, there's that hurdle, which is different for different, uh, different organizations. And look, most, most of these buyers to, to the credit of, of the tier one aggregators and even some of the tier two aggregators is they are, you know, they they are producing competitive pricing, especially in a market like, like today. Um, So, you know, right now we wouldn't expect um, over in a normal market for a large percentage of the production to go through BAM marketplace, that that's that's you know versus a tier one aggregator. That's really not what BAM marketplace is meant to do. But again, as 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 the market continues to evolve, and I mean, look at what we've let's let's just take out all the craziness of the pandemic, which created BAM marketplace. But let's just look at what we just talked about. You know, cash window caps. I mean, those are existential. Changes, You know, we, we would talk about the 7%, uh, you know, ship loan cap on a, you know, on an industry that was indexed 12 to 15%. So that's that those are huge moves right there. And of course, as we talked about creating, creating downstream effects on the denominator business. And then that that leads me into, you know, a little bit of as the non owners, especially, I think we would all agree. That non-owners are probably the biggest chance for true non-QM to, to really or, or private money, I should say, to to, 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 to to really compete. You know, the fact that you're seeing some of these non-owners have a 200 basis point rate pop to the yield, um, those 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 are good those are good investments. Um, and so, I think that you're 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 going to see you know more non-agency product, and that is kind of probably getting ahead of myself here but that's that's where we see the next the, kind of the next step of of bam marketplace one of the next steps
0: no and that's that's great you said that because it leads into my next question which is bam marketplace seems paradigm shifting but i would say we're or mct I shouldn't say we mct is still in the first inning of this where, where does it go from here how do you see it evolving where would you what would you hope uh, in the coming years
1: yeah so i mean i, I mean i i hope you know the it's been you know as anyone will tell you who's in the non-qm space or the private money space anytime there seems to be hope for for that you know rates drop precipitously and the whole industry focuses on agency production uh, so so you know we'll, it, it's yet to be seen if this uh, if this trend will continue but there's no question um that you know you know fhfa the current, uh, kind of guard at FHFA coming from the last few years, uh, you know, has started this trend. You know, will, will it turn around with uh, potential change coming from the current administration? You know, that's yet to be seen. But but right now, we are definitely headed into in a direction where you're going to see more non-agency product. Uh, you know, if all things all things being equal. And so, I think that that's that's definitely um, something that, that that we're watching very closely and some of the new buyers um, on coming on to BAM marketplace are our um, buyers who are coming on who were normally in the non QM space but um, coming on for for the investment property opportunity and, and second home opportunity. I think the the other side of it is um, look we you know the whole industry we've all talked about it um, with, with with the CRA, uh, production, um, that there must be a, a more efficient way for all of our, you know, MCT, but the entire industry's independent lenders who are originating these loans that are desperately needed by these depositories, you know, you know so these loans are so valuable. Um, these LMIT, you know, you know, the, you know loans, that are in given census tracts and especially at certain income levels, um, given a given a certain depository's footprint, and so we think that um, a, a very good use case uh, for the future uh, is is CRA uh, with BAM Marketplace because we're you know because of the fact that the funnel is so wide uh, for that seller of of, of the potential buyers.
0: Yeah. And it's, it certainly seems like even now in its infancy, it provides quantifiable benefits to lenders of every size for loans of every type. So it's, it's something that people should definitely look out for. Uh, and I'm looking out for you at conferences coming up here. Are you excited to, to be getting back on the, the circuit and seeing people shaking hands and kissing babies?
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's good. To, it's, it's, it's good. You ask that, you know, we, we um, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely nice to get out there. Um, it'll, it'll definitely be good to get out there now that I've got a, a lot of people know me as a mild, uh, mild hypochondriac. So it's, uh, good that, uh, now that I'm all, uh, got the, got the two shots are uh, ready to get back out there. And I know we're going to be, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're looking forward to, uh, to San Diego, to, to annual, that'll be, a it'll definitely be a, be a big one. And I think the whole industry after, Basically, exactly two years from Austin, they'll be they'll be looking for a for a big conference.
0: Yeah, and I heard you uh, are going to be a speaker on a panel there, so I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's a, excited. Yeah, we're definitely excited.
0: Sweet. Well, uh, thank you very much for taking the time, and uh, hopefully, I'll have you back on the podcast soon.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Robbie. Yep. Awesome.
0: Bit of a seesaw day in the bond market yesterday. May consumer prices showed hotter than expected inflation readings for both the headline and core levels, though there was an underwhelming 30-year bond offering. On a year-over-year basis, total CPI was up 5.0%, the largest increase since August 2008, while Core CPI posted its largest year-over-year increase, at 3.8%, since June of 1992. that was three months old. Remember, the numbers were always going to have some noise in them considering the lockdowns of last year. Lenders are seeing stable rates. And sure enough, the primary mortgage market survey from Freddie Mac for the week ending June 10th saw 30-year yields slip two basis points to 2.96%, below 3% for the third straight week. There's a lot of noise about the Federal Reserve. Even though it doesn't set mortgage rates, its actions and statements sometimes do. The size of the Fed's reverse repurchase operation hit its fourth consecutive new record yesterday, with the total take-up reaching $535 billion. Today's economic calendar is light on data with just Michigan sentiment due out later this morning. The continued effects of revised inflation expectations after yesterday are more likely to have market-moving potential. Today's Fed purchase schedule sees the last two operations on the current schedule, totaling up to $4.6 billion of conventionals. In the afternoon, the New York Fed desk will release a new purchase schedule along with the mid-June to mid-July purchase estimate, expected to total a pandemic low based on paydowns in the Fed portfolio in addition to the monthly SOMA increase. We begin the last official day of the work week with agency MBS prices unchanged and the tenure yielding 1.45 after closing yesterday at 1.46%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. You see a gorgeous girl at a party. You go up to her and say, I am very rich. Marry me. That's direct marketing. You're at a party with a bunch of friends and see a gorgeous girl. One of your friends goes up to her and pointing at you says, He's very rich. Marry him. That's advertising. You see a gorgeous girl at a party. You go up to her and get her telephone number. The next day, you call her and say, Hi, I'm very rich. Marry me. That's telemarketing. You're at a party and you see a gorgeous girl. You get up and straighten your tie. You walk up to her and pour her a drink. You open the door for her, pick up her bag after she drops it, offer her a ride, and then say, By the way, I'm very rich will you marry me? That's public relations. You're at a party and you see a gorgeous girl. She walks up to you and says, you're very rich. That's brand recognition. You see a gorgeous girl at a party. You go up to her and say, I'm rich. Marry me. She gives you a nice hard slap on your face. That's customer feedback. (laughs) Thanks again to this week's podcast sponsor, MCT. With their new BAM Marketplace Loan Exchange, MCT clients have experienced average covers such as a pickup of 46 basis points on government production, 42 basis points on loans under 200000 and 89 basis points on low FICO government production.